question shouldn't he give up in the locker room? Hell no. What kind of questions that, Bill? Just stay out of my way. You'll pay. Listen to what I say. How about I just go eat some hay? I can make things out of clay and lay by the bay. I just may. What do you say? Satisfied with the effort? We just got smashed. Like, what are we talking about here, guys? I call it not built on the location. It's built on the destination. Now, that was good. You're supposed to clap for that. <laughs> Darn it. That was good. You give me some of my good stuff. We just we just getting started. I already went in the bag, baby. Let's go. <laughs> You know, for the believers out there, thanks for sticking with us. I know, you know, there were some doubters out there after the last game, but but uh, I knew our group would would respond with a real good effort, and uh, we did that tonight. Whacking that thing around, throws them all out of whack. Dusty, we'll never, never have to ask you again about Justin Verlander winning in the World Series. Thank you. <laughs> Just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. I love so much that the Raiders do not have a quarterback and we get to speculate on who their quarterback is going to be because we get some of the wildest options and Albert Breer who writes for Sports Illustrated's Monday Morning Quarterbacks he was on the radio in Boston on 98.5 he's on in Medford uh on nice, in nice uh, accent. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm just going to read something that Albert Breer said I don't think Bill Belichick appreciated the way that Mac Jones handled some of the stuff last year. There's a way that I think Bill thinks a franchise quarterback should conduct himself. And for the most part, Brady did conduct himself that way. I think there were certain things in the way that Mac handled his second year as a pro that Bill didn't appreciate internally. I don't know if they see this massive gap between Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. I'm not saying they think Bailey's as good as Mac, but there were some element of Bailey doing what he was coached to last year. And I think gave Bailey the edge to some degree for a little while. So I think it'll be interesting to see what would happen if a real offer came along. I don't think a real offer is going to come along, but it'd be interesting (laughs) to see what would happen if a real offer did (laughs) come along. I don't know how in love the Raiders are with Mac Jones. Oh God. Like, if you're talking about getting their first-round pick, I don't think that's happening. Now, again, Albert Breer very clearly said he doesn't think there's going to be a trade offer for Mac Jones, but then he very much threw the Raiders out there as maybe they would trade for Mac Jones. So crazy, they just might work, to quote (laughs) Masters of Disguise classic film. So this was reading between the lines mostly on the field stuff because he said Bailey Zappi... um, uh, did what he was supposed to or coached to do. This was, wasn't there a few instances of uh, yeah. uh, Mac Jones like being just frustrated. There were stuff? a ton of stories that came out of Foxborough. This is what I want to get into because how fascinating it is that that particular franchise and how tight-lipped they are in the last couple of years. There's been a lot of leaks, and I think what they're talking about in terms of what he had to deal with. They didn't have an offensive coordinator. They said right. Matt Patricia and reverse engineer from their rocket yeah. science man. Like <laughs> and, and that's, pencil guy. That's crazy to me. And so I, I can understand there's a certain amount of insurmountability with that. But I don't think Mac Jones is a great leader. You heard stuff coming out of that locker room last year about how he he almost had a little bit of of arrogance to him, of entitlement to him. That's why they played Zappy mid season, right? Wasn't something weird going on? And then Zappy did really well. The crowd was chanting for Zappy. And then they come here. They lose to the Raiders. 
And well, he's awful. And you remember how bad his body language was and how he was screaming at everyone? Yeah. Why would you want that on your team? Why would you want young kid who hasn't hasn't proven a, a damn thing in this league who's yelling at me to play better? I just remember getting torn into the turf. <laughs> yeah, he got stiff arms. Bailey Zappi makes that tackle. If anything, that's a bad him. omen, right? He gets that. That happens here. You can't play here. So that's the New England side of it, which I think is what Albert Breer is. Too many Samuel Adams trying it's, to dig uh, into the drunk. He was trying to say, right, is that there might be some, you know, discontent with the quarterback and maybe they would move him. The Raiders side of this. Would they trade for Mac Jones? Would they do that? They're not giving up That's the seventh like the pick. Eighth I mean, option giving up the seventh overall pick, seventh for Mac pick for Mac Jones. They no. they should all be no. fired on the yeah, spot. Yeah, you can't give if, up the seventh pick for Mac. Jones. If no. Mark Davis hears, oh, we traded seventh overall for Mac Jones, you right. you fire. Wasn't he a second round pick? No, he's late first. Late first, Me, middle to late first. But that would mean the Patriots only because Belichick's buddies with Saban. Yeah, you know it would have turned like the twenty. I don't remember what it was exactly, but would have turned like the twentieth overall pick into a seventh overall pick two years later when the guy wasn't very good. But to make it more realistic. If it's a second or a third, how how much would the Raiders entertain giving up a second or a third round pick for Mac Jones? How much did McDaniel's like him? That's when the he part him. I don't know because Mac Jones absolutely had a better season, was a was a solid quarterback his rookie year with Josh McDaniels in a simplified offense. Yeah. I don't know if Josh yeah. McDaniels is simplifying the same way that he did. Now, as you pointed out with Patricia. I don't know how much credit McDaniel should get for that versus how much blame Patricia should, should get, get for, for being a, <laughs> right. it being so bad. Like the argument here is, oh, Josh McDaniels is better at calling plays than Matt Patricia. Well, I okay. hope so. Right. right. That's Especially not really coming off the bar. Lions tenure, for God's right. sakes. But Mac Jones, his rookie season under with McDaniels was better than Derek Carr's season last year with mm-hmm. Josh McDaniels. So there is an argument to make that, yeah, you can go get Mac Jones. And if he's, cheap in regards to you give up a third round pick for him you're going to get maybe better quarterback play than you had last year with a third round pick and you have two more years potentially three on his rookie on deal his rookie deal because he has, there's a fifth year option so there is he as the well. future or is he the bridge on a rookie deal if if they trade for him he'd have to be the future i don't know though that's that's not necessarily true i think that's a very legitimate question like you could trade a third round pick for mac jones and say our plan is to get two or three decent years out of you. And then trade you before your contract's up. Or just like they did with Carr, let him yeah. walk. <laughs> Say, yeah, we don't need to trade our quarterbacks away. We'll just let them hit free agency. But it's, if you trade for Mac Jones, and again, let's just assume it's like a third round pick. You're basically saying we can get competent quarterback play for a third round pick. Mm-hmm. And for two years, it's not going to cost us much against the salary cap because yeah, like he's on his bucks. rookie deal. And we can conceivably build up the rest of the roster for these two years and have a competent team and be competitive over the next two years. And then after those two years, uh, technically you'd have to make the decision on the fifth year option before that. But after those two years, hey, things went really well. Mm-hmm. We can give Mac Jones the contract yeah. extension or... We need a better quarterback. We're going to move on from Mac Jones. We built the roster up really well around him. So now him. if you get the young guy, and now you're we bring in the quarterback 
that puts us over the right. top. And that's hard to do, but I could realistically see that being a that like that's a legitimate path, I think, if you tried to sell that is hey, Mac Jones for a couple of seasons because he only costs us our third round pick. Maybe he's great and we keep him, or we build up the rest of the roster and say, see you to Mac Jones and bring in a quarterback that could do better than that. Be extremely disruptive to the norm, though, because just think of all the the second leg of the career quarterbacks that would normally fill that bridge spot. Now we're doing it with guys on the rookie deal because you know that other people are going to do the right. same thing. And that's and then there's a whole market for QBs that we just drafted that seems semi-competent that we're going to send to a team, maybe ascending, maybe not, to just figure things out. But I think that's the problem in this actually being realistic. I don't think there's any way the Patriots trade Mac Jones for a third-round pick. Not without having the no. answer no. otherwise. Because you, if you're the Raiders, or if, excuse me, if you're the Patriots in that scenario, first-round pick, use it on a quarterback, two years, and then you turn that into, into a, a third-round third, pick. Yeah. No. That's just terrible asset. No. There'd have to be other stuff. Right. So, so both ways doesn't make sense because you can't give right. up the seventh pick. Unless right. Bill really doesn't like him. Yeah, and that's the other. If, if Belichick is like, yeah. I hate this guy. Yeah. I hate yeah. this bleephead. Yeah. And is like, we got to get rid of him. This is him. not the golden child. Right. Maybe. But it doesn't. I doubt it's that bad. I don't think it's no. that bad with Mac Jones and Bill Belichick that he would say we have to get rid of him for a I third know, If round you don't perform and then you don't march to the beat of my drum, I think he's going to send people out really quick. I wonder if it was just the aloofness or the cockiness. Like I'm trying to figure out what he didn't, what he did, how he didn't fit in. As far as I remember, there was never really anything, at least reported, that was like really bad. Like there was never like a oh wow that's like you a, can't get past that right it was all it's always it's all entitlement based which you could technically say he could grow out of or mature out mm-hmm. of with the right adjustment here in Las Vegas with yeah, Josh you McDaniels know, you know, there's no better place in America to figure out who you are than Las Vegas <laughs> did you guys see Gronk uh, somebody asked him about. Like, would you have wanted to play for the Raiders? And he was like, if they had been in Las Vegas, hell yeah. Oh, he was God. like, I would have forced oh, my way there. He's and then, w- and then a he, weird anomaly. Like, I feel he could show up drunk and still perform. He, you don't Legitimately. Think he was? Well, did you hear the story about his pre-draft meeting with the Patriots where he was hung over, yes. didn't sleep, and then uh, and then slept on the floor and yeah. just mailed it in? And they still drafted him because they right. were like, this guy's incredible. But, that, but that, that's... Most coaches, even if you're a talent, a, a, a extremely talented individual, would not take that risk. But Bill would, and that's where, could, could we take that mindset and and somehow form it around what we're talking about here with Mac Jones? Because he's capable of making decisions that don't necessarily add up logically, unless it's just by his own imagination. It's too bad Mac Jones isn't as good as Gronk. I want Gronk right? to come out now. He should but be our quarterback. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he failed at kicking. I saw the Super Bowl commercial; it didn't go well. The uh... The other part of that Gronk quote was he did ended up by saying, if I had gone to Vegas early in my career, I wouldn't have played for 10 years. No. Like he followed oh, I don't up. I could have no. made it. Right. He followed it up with like, no. if I had gone there, it would have been fun, but I no, would have, my no, career would have been over. Well, just because he can play hungover doesn't mean that you recommend it because that would probably be <laughs> done over and over and over yes. again. And eventually your body's not going to yes. think that that's cool and it'll give out. They should bring Gronk out of retirement. Gronk is so lucky to end up where he did, not just the way that they utilized him, but you have an example and a safety blanket that Tom was because Tom's always going to get it done. Oh, I can the, I can get away with with God knows what. The Brady and Gronk have both said it about Gronk would often not know the play. Yeah, right. And, he right. sent in and, fake right. workout videos yeah, yes. last year. He changed his yes. shirt. The and guy's exactly. a genius. And Brady would tell him just just run this route. Yeah, yes. just do this. Yeah, just throw me the ball. Right. 
So how close would Gronk be for your all-time hope that Rodgers would come? So we had daily. Uh, oh my god. Um, Gronk material. and Rodgers. Oh god. Like how close would Gronk be to that? Because well, I would rather have Rodgers. Yeah, Rodgers would for be the content machine. Content for sure. Gronk, Gronk would just would be, be good. he's drunk again. Right, but Rodgers and Gronk plus all the hilarity that the Raiders are without. Players like that. You imagine a group picture between those two and Mark Davis. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> Davis imagine? in the middle with his arm around both of them. Yeah, it'd <laughs> be great. Yeah, and throw Max Crosby in there too. A little Cabana shot. We might not talk about the Golden Knights or UNLV no. for like an entire yeah. year. It's the Stanley Cup final. Ah, uh, we're talking about the. Did you uh, guys hear what trust. Rogers did? <laughs> yeah, it'd be fun. Like that'd be incredible content. So please bring him out of retirement. Rogers would definitely wear a fedora. He'd be like fedora, cabana shirt, unbuttoned, board shorts. That just would be that would to be press conferences. Probably maybe not to know. press conferences, but I just feel once he's off the clock, that's where he's hanging. Ed, what linebacker wore a beanie even though it was 110 degrees in the summer? It's the style. Oh, is it, uh, was, was it Perryman? Yeah. Was it Perryman? Denzel. Okay, yeah, Denzel Perryman's walking around in a beanie in July. Hey. So it's, you got it's, it's beanie, a lifestyle. Beanie Perry. Tuke is a lifestyle. And then Aaron Rodgers wearing I don't Tuke sounds wrong. I, and then Aaron Rodgers Tuke's in an also on your shirt. skates. It's the plastic part of your skates. It is? Yeah. It's the white plastic. You could have made that up and I No. But I'll take your word for it. Unlike you, I don't bring evidence. I just bring nuggets <laughs> of knowledge. <laughs> Coming up next, it's Bischoff's briefs. Bischoff's Briefs. Dude, I'm not going to cave in. End of story, dude. Bischoff's Briefs. Dude, 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 dude. Bischoff's Briefs. Dude. Bischoff's Briefs. I guess you've got a point there. Without explicitly giving years and months and days, Adam Silver did basically give us a timeline for NBA expansion. He said prior to the All-Star game that the NBA owners want to get through their next television rights deal and the CBA negotiations with the Players Association before they think about expanding. Both of those, the CBA and the media rights deal, are up in two and a half years. So if they waited until those were finalized and everything we're talking about two and a half years the summer of 2025 as the earliest the nba would expand now obviously you can agree to a new television deal or a new cb right cba uh, deal before they expire right they could agree to a new one a year before it expires whatever and could start the expansion process a little bit earlier but i would also venture to guess when he says think about expanding that that would be the start of the process, which is then a multi-year process. Yeah, they wouldn't, process. they wouldn't decide the next right. day. It's not like getting a team. we signed our media rights deal, players association, Vegas, you have a done, team. here's your expansion team. But it I feel would like be... this is the quickest pop-up operation in terms of pro sports that you could start, though. I don't I don't feel you need that much runway or that the runway is already going to be put in place. Like What this does to me is that uh, Bronny James is going to go play for <laughs> Ohio State for two years. <laughs> two LeBron's well, got to no. get him in the NBA now. No, he's going to wait too because he wants to play with Bronny, and Bronny needs to put some weight on. I know that he's 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 climbing <laughs> in the rankings. I just saw a tweet about it. apparently his perimeter defense is great, but he's improving his uh, his playmaking Bronny? and his shooting. Bronny, Bronny, Bronny bring, can dunk. Are we going to bring you on as our Bronny expert? Maybe I'm the Bronny, but you, 
LeBron has gone on the record saying he yeah. wants to be involved. It's only here. one year at Ohio State. No, it's two because whatever matches up with this timeline, that's I mean, what it's can, going to be. They can play in LA for a year and then. Well, yeah, you can, you, you have them play in the LA for the next couple years, and then you have that contract expire, and then you sign here, and then you go into the draft. But they're okay. saying that Bronny could be a top ten guy. Oh, I'm drafting him first. Well, yeah, whatever team it LeBron's is. LeBron's coming. But, LeBron's coming. But to who's to say there's not some Eli Manning thing? Well, if you draft me, I'm not coming. Better trade it. You better trade it away. Could happen. I feel like that's exactly what's going yeah. to happen. Like if uh, the Pacers the get pay, the number one. I was going to yeah. say the Pacers. Yeah. Say the Pacers. <laughs> LeBron's like, I'm not going to Indianapolis. Yeah. <laughs> Middle fingers to Larry Bird. I'm not showing up. We want to be in Las Vegas. So, challenge. You know everyone's kids' names. Do you know oh, Do you know his second son's name? Bron- LeBron's? Yeah. Bryce. Bryce Maximus. We already we did this the last time I was oh, you in knew, here. You knew LeBron? Yeah. Like, there's Bronny Jr., there's Bryce Maximus, and then there's Zuri, their daughter. Wow. And I said that the spelling I mean, was Z U R I and it's not. There's an age. There's an age. Yep. Forgot about that. Yep. So forget about LeBron for a second. Okay. If expansion, if the process doesn't start for two years, like right now, mm-hmm. Las Vegas is the favorite or the second favorite behind, behind Seattle, Seattle. Right. Seattle. Yeah, if, Seattle. If the they're gonna do one, they're gonna do two. In Seattle. It's going to be two teams, and right now it would be Seattle and it would be Vegas, but it's not going to happen for a couple of years, which is, in my mind, bad news for Las Vegas because what could change in the next two years what? that Las Vegas is no longer the favorite, right, or the second favorite, right? In two years, there could be another U.S. city that for whatever reason, comes along and is more attractive than Las Vegas. It's possible. But I think the real problem, there's a G League team in Mexico City. Uh, The NBA, I think, in two years, whenever they do expansion, is going to seriously consider Mexico City. Mm -hmm. And the G League team there gives them two years of whatever data or input or opinions they need about Mexico City and whether or not it would work. And we've talked about this before on here. Mm Mm-hmm. If the NBA wants to generate a lot more revenue when they expand, Mexico City is the yes. answer because it far is, more than Las Vegas. It is or might, Seattle. To tell you the yeah. Truth. Oh yeah. Oh, it's it's better. It's as far as uh, market, it's better than anything in the United States that they could expand to because Mexico City is right there with L.A. and New York as the biggest metropolitan cities mm-hmm. in North America. Right. You don't have a competing and NBA he, team there. Yeah. Uh, I've read some stories where people are like, soccer's obviously the king there, but if basketball went to Mexico City, there's a legitimate chance it could be the number two sport. Yeah, I bet it would be. And you would land this massive thing. So revenue-wise, if they wait two years, that gives Mexico City a chance to... Well, it's probably number two now. Sell itself. Well, there's there's a lot of... From the stories that I've read, Mark Stein did a good one on it, where... The length of travel would be an issue for some teams because you're you're not really close to anything, right? Like you're kind of close to the Texas teams, but like yeah. regardless of what division you put them in, they're traveling forever. How to do get you to fit them into a road trip? Like everybody right. always comes in and plays the Coyotes before they play the Golden Knights. Like right. how yeah, would that look? And, you could come in and schedule the Texas right. teams. Security's a, a a question as well. And that's the other one. And air quality was a big one yep. that was raised. Right. And so there there are like. Even if the NBA was like, Mexico City makes sense, we're going to make billions of dollars off of this, there's still a chance they would end up not going to Mexico City because of other reasons. Mm -hmm. But given a two-year runway here, 
there's a lot of ways to figure out solutions to those problems or whatever Mexico City needs to do to prove to the NBA this will work for you. And I think by putting another two-year delay on this, it makes it a little less likely Vegas ends up getting an NBA team because somebody like Mexico City could come in and ultimately be the city that takes the next expansion team. One other note, by the way, um, that may or may not be related to NBA expansion in Vegas, Liverpool, the soccer team in England, is not for sale. There have been a lot of reports about Liverpool being for sale. They're owned by Fenway Sports Group. And the reason this might be related to Vegas getting an NBA team, Bill Simmons has for like a year now been saying Vegas is getting an expansion team. Fenway Sports Group is going to be the owner. They're going to bring on LeBron James. Well, LeBron's he's a, already he's involved. Like, he's like a uh, minority owner. As a yeah. part owner. He's right? been for 10 years. And yeah. potentially general manager. And the speculation has been Liverpool's going to, or Fenway Sportsbook is going to sell Liverpool and take that money and use it to buy an expansion team in, in Vegas. NBA. Yeah, that makes sense. But the owner just came out and said, we are not selling Liverpool. Which maybe Today. maybe that means in two years when NBA expansion starts for real, Liverpool is for sale. Right. But the idea was, oh, they're for sale, so they can get four billion or whatever the price would be, and mm-hmm. then use part of that to buy an, to NBA, buy an expansion NBA team. team. But they're not for sale, so that's not happening yet. Maybe it does happen in two and a half years, but that's been the speculation. But again, they're apparently not for sale. They 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 did say they're taking on investors for minority ownership. That's the so. quickest way to get a lot of people to want to buy your product. Say I'm not selling it. <laughs> it's a fact. Not for sale. Not for sale. All right. Here's five. How about you tell Fenway Sports Group that they could be a first ballot Hall of Famer? Oh, then they might great. be motivated yeah. to buy two teams. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up next on ESPN Las Vegas, Charles McDonald joins the show. He covers the NFL, but only a college football team can bring him happiness. Perfection wears red and black tonight. 15-0. The dogs have done it and won a second consecutive national title. Yahoo Sports' Charles McDonald joins the show. Follow him at 4Verts on Twitter. Uh, Charles, you help us out with a lot of New York-related things, and we need some help today because who do you think with the Jets organization, told Derek Carr that he could be a first ballot Hall of Famer? <laughs> um, wow. I mean, there's a lot of untrustworthy people, I think, <laughs> as far as what they what they say to the public. Uh, I think when you get them behind closed doors and their real feelings about things, it's a bit more honest. But when it comes to just, like, <laughs> what they will say to someone they're trying to impress, whether that be the media or Derek Carr, they'll say anything. So, uh I think I'm going to go with Robert Solid because oh. he he's been saying that um, that the team still like wants to have Zach Wilson around in some respect moving forward, which and and you know they think in some ways he can help the future of this team. If you really thought that, you wouldn't be telling Derek Carr that uh, he could be a first ballot Hall of Famer with the Jets because let, let's let's say that that's true. If Derek Carr signs with the Jets and ends up having such a fruitful part of his career with the Jets that he ends up a first ballot Hall of Famer, and Zach Wilson doesn't take another snap as a Jet. So uh, there's some weird stuff going on there, uh, and I'll put it on Robert Sala because that guy will say anything to the media or anyone that somebody's trying to press just to get out of a tough jam. Well, we were saying if he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, you probably would have signed him before he left the building. 
Yeah, the good thing about like how much it has to go right, and now like how much would have to go right that would be uncharacteristic to both Derek Carr and the Jets for him to end up a first ballot Hall of Famer starting his tenure with the Jets at age 32 when he currently has no prospect to do that at all. What do you make of the fit with Derek Carr and the Jets? Uh, assuming he does not become a first ballot Hall of Famer, do you think that would work out at all for the Jets? Yeah, I, I think it would. Uh, I mean, look, they were, they were a borderline playoff team with Zach Wilson and Mike White taking turns charging each week. So uh, it, it's not like this is a, a talent breath roster or, or you know, the talent, a roster doesn't have a lot of talent on it. So uh, I think that Derek Carr would make a huge, huge difference for what they're trying to do there because, uh, you know, the, 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 the truth of the matter is, like, while Joe Douglas has really messed up this, quarterback thing uh, in terms of the Zach Wilson draft pick um, and, and not having like a veteran guy to kind of, you know, ease his transition to the NFL. He's done a lot of good elsewhere. Uh, I think when they're healthy, the offensive line should be as much improved than they were last year. Uh, obviously, they got some guys on defense like Quentin Williams and Sauce Gardner and uh, some depth guys on the, on the, uh, the defensive line. And then at wide receiver, you know, you got Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore in the backfield, Bryce Hall, Brees Hall. It's not like this is a a team that started from scratch or a team that's as talentless from, from recent Jets years. So, uh, look, if they can just get Derek Carr, um, I, I think that that would make a huge difference for them and, and potentially put them in a spot where they can win the AFC East. Uh, to me, that's how good the rest of the roster is. Uh, you know, it's funny that we were uh, on Radio Row, Solomon Thomas was, uh, you know, doing interviews, and basically <laughs> with every interview he had, he was trying to make, make sure that the Jets knew, hey, we got to get a veteran quarterback, you know, <laughs> can't mess around with this rookie stuff no more. Cause the rest of our roster is really good. So, uh, I, I think that he would be, uh, he would please if they were able to get Derek Carr. Um, I also think it's funny that, uh, the, the Jets are like, Hey, you know, Derek, you can be a first ballot hall of famer here, but first we got to talk to Aaron Rodgers whenever he comes out of his little darkness hole. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we got to settle it that way first. Cause you know, Aaron Rodgers is already a first ballot hall of famer. You could be a first-ballot Hall of Famer here. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, uh, another New York question for you. What should Daniel Jones' next contract be? Um, a franchise tag. I don't know. If, I was, if I'm the Giants and I'm looking at Daniel Jones, I only have one thought, do it again and do it better, to be honest with you. Um, the, the funny thing about, about Daniel Jones' season uh as productive as he was, it, it, it all kind of got graded on like a Daniel Jones scale, uh, where it's not. <laughs> and look, he, he had a, he had a career season for him, but it wouldn't be a career season for a lot of guys. Uh, I mean, he, he he didn't even break like thirty five hundred yards passing. He had fifteen touchdowns, five picks. Uh, I know that the rushing stuff was helpful and and it and it looked better, but. Uh, there's a whole lot of room to improve here, like a, a significant amount of room to improve uh, on just like a stylistic on the field level and from a statistic production level. Uh, it it there, there's look. I understand if I was there, if I was excuse me, if I was Daniel Jones' agent, I would be asking for forty five million dollars too because I get a cut of that. But I think it's more realistic that he ends up on the franchise tag for the Giants uh, and. To me, that's really the only acceptable outcome. Like you extend Saquon Barkley, you know, get that three-year, four-year deal that leaves you some cushion room after the first two, and then 
you know, you you put the tag on Daniel Jones because I do think that he did enough to to at least get another chance to be the starter next year, but definitely not enough to get you know uh, a contract that we see from guys that are capable of putting up like MVP caliber play. If for whatever reason the Raiders called Belichick and maybe he isn't uh, you know copacetic with Mac Jones that much, what what would be the give back? What would you have to give back for Mac Jones? At this point, like a you know, like a fourth round pick, wow. uh, third or fourth. Like, you, you, I don't if 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 you say, hey, I, I'm thinking about what do you think about trading Mac Jones? And they ask for a first or a second. You, you hang up immediately because he hasn't shown that that he's worth that. And I know that that last year was a tough situation for him with uh, uh, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge somehow getting the reins to to call the offense. But uh, outside of that, man, it, it's it's not like he's been a guy that shows you he can go above and beyond and be like, all right, well, I'm just going to put these guys on my back and we're going to figure out how to score this touchdown on this drive when we need it. He's just not that guy, which is fine. You know, like I, I still think Mac Jones is a guy that you could win a couple playoff games with if the scenario is right and the pieces are right around him. But I also don't think he's a guy that is worth, you know, trading a big pick for. Uh, maybe if the, the – I, I think I kind of think if you're the Patriots, you try it for one more year, hold on. Uh, see if you can get him healthy. See if having Bill O'Brien helps him out a little bit, uh, and and just not do what she did last year. Because I think what happened last year, I, I look. I don't. Even, I don't know if anyone thought that last year was going to work outside of Bill Belichick and Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. Because m- most people I talked to when they heard that Matt Patricia, Matt Patricia was going to be calling plays for the Patriots, were like, "What? How does that make sense? Joe Judge is going to be the quarterbacks coach for the Patriots." I, I covered him in New York. That makes no sense at all. <laughs> uh, but they decided to do that. It obviously didn't work out very well. And, and look, as many qualms as you want to give Bill O'Brien, he's much better suited for his role than Matt Patricia and Joe Judge are. So try it one more time. And if he's out next year, then you're probably just going to draft a quarterback anyway. Do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to blind himself when he walks out of a dark house straight into the sunlight? I hope so. <laughs> uh, Dude, enough! Enough with this. Like, if you, if you, if you need to go into a dark hole to figure out if you want to accept sixty million dollars that's already been signed off to you, and you don't want it that bad, just go home. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, no, we want him here very badly. We want him in Las Vegas just for the content. Oh yeah, and Devontae Adams needs him, or he might go insane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which besides Rogers, which other NFL quarterback could you see going into a dark house for four days? Oh, wow. Um, another, like, so I'm trying to think of like eccentric. Oh, Kirk cousins. I could see him doing that, but it, <laughs> not, not on some, like, I'm going to go trip DMT. I'm going to go recreate the rebirth of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Kirk Cousins. Um, all right, uh, Charles, before we let no, you go. No, 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 no. We don't need, we don't need to feel bad for no, Kirk Cousins. We do. Right. We feel bad for Kirk Cousins. Uh, before we let you go, when you have a dentist appointment, do you brush your teeth before you walk out the door, or do you sometimes just say, ah, what I did this morning was fine? Why the hell would I go to the, the dentist without brushing my teeth? No, see, here's the thing about the dentist. They're the meanest health professionals in the business. So you can't go to the dentist without brushing your teeth because then they'll look at you like some haggard troll yeah. who never <laughs> takes care of yeah. their mouth. So you have to brush your teeth, one, because it's the right, clean thing to do, and two, so they aren't mean to you at the dentist's office. They you know? remind you how long you've not been back. 
Yeah, it, it, yeah. And one time I had a dentist with bad breath, and I was like, "You've got to be kidding me! You're sitting here talking about, <laughs> oh, have you been drinking? Yeah, I've been drinking, and you've been some Cheetos. So what's the big deal?" <laughs> He's Charles McDonald. Follow him on Twitter at Fourverts. Charles, as always, Thanks, we appreciate Charles. it. All right, later. Uh, I'll be honest. My dentistry is great. Does not guilt you into anything? Not at all. Like my dentist is like phenomenal. Like they'll tell you, like, yeah, your tooth sucks or whatever. Right. But that's it's, they try to sell you the two hundred dollar mouth guard. No. No. So okay. Do you I try have to one? do that for me every time. One? I'm like, what do you think I am, Rich? When I so the first time that I ever had to to schedule like find my own dentist was when I was in college, right? Because when I was in high school, I went to wherever the hell my mom was like, here's our dentist. So when I was in college, I had to go to a dentist by myself. First time they tried to sell me a toothbrush. And I was like, well, how much is yep. it? And they're like, oh, it's $225. Mm-hmm. And I was like. Every time. You're, what, like an electric? Yeah. yeah. And I was I like, hope. this thing pulsates. All right. Like, you're, you're a dentist in a college town. I walked yeah. in here by myself. You think I have $200 <laughs> to spend on a toothbrush? <laughs> Correct. Like, what is wrong with you? But no, my current, they're great. They're phenomenal. I, have not, I do not feel like crap. Going, I mean, I feel like crap because my mouth hurts because they. Right. Dig I just don't like it when they take drooling. the scrapey. I don't like the scrapey, pointy thing. It just you can. Oh, it's brutal! Oh, I hate it. It's, it's brutal. W- top five worst sensations. That's why we go though. Yeah, I haven't been in like a year and a half. I've been good. I've been doing good. You I, should go back. I should. Got to get those rich people problems, and I gotta. I can't even get in the mouth guard door right now. I can't even get the first door. <laughs> do you have the? You don't have the mouth guard. No, but could I could you use one? Probably. I. I think I grind my teeth at nighttime sometimes because I can feel it. There's been sucker. there's been a change in my in the just the teeth feeling since the pandemic. They said it's pretty common. I hold my breath a lot. Who says it's common? You haven't the been dentist. to the dentist. Well, I went last year, and so the pandemic's been like three years now because time is a social construct. We made it for trains, and so technically I've been in during this time. So, yeah. We got tickets to give away to go to the NIT, to the semifinals of the NIT, which is in Vegas this year at the Orleans Arena. You'll win a four-pack of tickets, 702-364-1100. That's the phone number. You'll win tickets to the NIT semis here in Vegas at the Orleans Arena. Be caller number six at 702-364-1100 and you'll win tickets to the NIT. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios. Listen, listen, I love Philly. And I'm about, what I'm about to say, you do not pay this man. Just ship me off wherever he finna go. It's over. I'm telling you. Package deal me <laughs> with you. Listen, so you talk about pressure, how we get it done. Get it done. This is the Press Box. Back at it. It's Ed and Lindsay now. Tyler's gone for the day. He's gotta go brush he, his he's teeth. Gotta go brush his teeth. Kid's worried about the teeth. Well, just wants to make sure he puts a, a good lateral sizer forward. You know. <laughs> now let me ask you this: You are from Minnesota, correct? Oh the, yeah. Where the wind can pick up, the snow can fall. You're you're. Your uh, family's uh, experiencing some Minnesota weather right now. Oh, absolutely. We even had uh, an early winter thaw a few weeks ago. We always say nothing lasts unless uh, we're after the month of March, and even still, it's a little bit dicey. So they're getting dumped on the snow plows. Uh, the the world-renowned snow plows are out and about salting the, the Salt earth. Salting the streets, salting yep, the earth. Yep, making sure that people can get to where they need to go. But everybody kind of just knows when to hunker down. I, I was seeing some footage of the grocery stores where pretty much every frozen piece 
pizza has been picked off. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, you have to make different considerations when you live in those type of elements. Just like when I go hiking, I got to bring water. If I don't bring water, I could die out there. If I go driving in the middle of the winter without a go bag in my car in Minnesota and I go to ditch, I could die out there. So you got to prepare. You a hiker? Yes, yes. Since I started living here, I've become an avid really? hiker. Everybody in my previous lives, when I played college hockey, my my former coworkers when I was still coaching, they're shocked. They're that shocked. You hike? Yeah, they're shocked. But I'm, I do a lot of different. I'm a completely different person down here than I've been in other places, which is pretty much true from anywhere that I live. I love the mountains here. For weeks when I first moved here, I I, I almost went off the road because it's so pretty. You're like those are here all the time. <laughs> So my joke is I go hiking. I got to go check to see if they're still there, the rocks. I got my free range pet rocks out there. I just like to say yeah, hi to them. I do the same rocks. hike every time pretty much right now. And so, yeah, it's it's my grounding technique. All right. Did you, because we did last night, overreact about the predictions of the winds? What do you mean of the winds? Of the wind. Oh. Did you overreact? We overreacted. No. We battened down the hatches. We had, I was telling Tyler yesterday, umbrellas. Uh, bird feeders, sure. fountains. Well, you have a yard, so that those are a lot of concerns that I don't have. <laughs> okay. Like I just feel like the oh, is the apartment complex. Okay. I'm like, are the are the um, branches gonna hit off my window? Nope, good to go. All right. So you didn't overreact? No, because we no, overreacted overreact. completely. No, it was. It just always looks like it's in some sort of de- desert storm. We're about to be in Mad Max whenever the winds pick up here. It's bizarre. Cause it's just yeah. ever all the dust picks up and the haboobs, you know, all that stuff. It's wild. Not something I grew up experiencing. I'm going to make this real quick, but I've always wanted to know this, and I think the people out there do too, listening to you. We've had some people type in this morning. Who, sure. Who is this? I'm texting back your name. I'm sure you'll get some DMs later. Hopefully they're positive because uh, we've been in this uh, predicament before and we got some not yeah. nice ones, but, you know, free speech. How did you get started in this? In radio? Yeah, because I think uh, people like to know that. Yeah, I mean... It's weird because I've kind of wanted to do it since I was a kid. And I spent a lot of time in cars with my parents, going to hockey practice, driving across town, listening. being listening. And in Minnesota, we have a very unique media market where it just means something more to it. I know I mentioned on the show local news, local newspaper, local journalism is a huge thing. And our sports radio stations are are next to no one. Like they're they're fantastic. So I grew up listening to to Dan Barrero, to Dan Cole, to to the entire lineup up there that's on K Fan. And so I think at some level I wanted to be part of that culture. I always knew that I really liked sports and I was good with retaining that information mm-hmm. and you know, they've always been saying that uh, I should be a lawyer of some capacity, but I didn't want to go through all that school. Oh, I can see you in the courtroom. Oh, you'd never stop talking. I, never. And so... My God, the, the cross-examinations, the yeah. uh, closing arguments. You know, I just kind of knew what I was good at and what I wanted to do. And this isn't a bad gig. It's a gig. It's not the most high-paying gig, but it certainly beats a lot of other 9-to-5 desk jobs. I'm not meant for that. I, I coached for years. I had a lot of opportunities to take to that to the next on. level. Yep to take over some things, but I knew that I love coaching. I love kids. I I think it's fantastic, but I knew that that wasn't what I was put on the earth to do. I'm not saying that's what radio is, but it it certainly feels closer to it. And Mm -hmm. so I started like officially probably five or six years ago. I started from the bottom. Like you got, we're going to go out to an event. We're gonna have a Plinko machine. Like that's what I was doing. I was setting those things up. And you just kind of work your way up and through it. And I'm fortunate to have a good resume in, in, a, in a lot of instances that helps me out in this job. But yeah, I just, I'm a what radio romantic. What level of coaching would you have stopped at? Because you just said 
I oh, can't I could take have coached in college, or I you could, could have yeah, it? or I was involved really? with Team USA. And if you stick around and you're good at it, like they could call you up. You know, it's just I find ways to succeed, and so I don't like just so you around. didn't mind coaching older older uh, people. No, but that didn't happen very often. It was mostly younger people. But that's where I see a lot of the girls that are up through college on the national team right now. A lot of them I coach that are from Minnesota. So it's it's very rewarding in that sense. Did you coach any of the girls who rang the siren at the Golden Knights game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The the, the dream tour. Or I played yes. with them. Yep, yep. I have a lot of friends that are Olympic gold medalists. And I'm like, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We were on in the same were close, circles. But, man, this is, uh, this is high time stuff. I know. It's almost like we need a whole other show to get through it. But that's not going to be today. No, it's not. Three, two, one. What do you say?